Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller and I'm an Amazon software developer. And I'm really glad that I have with me today, Andrew Morgans from Marknology. And what really attracted me to him was like the way he was talking about uh, with, with his brands that he works with about storytelling and storytelling through data. And uh, we, we met at a dinner uh, a few months ago and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, we, we, we should cover that. That's a really interesting angle and a, and a new way to learn about selling on Amazon. So Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. And, and a great intro. Um, the best part about, I think, ASGTG was some of the conversations around that dinner table with the Econ right. cooperative dinner. And um, I didn't know I was going to be, they picked our seats at random. So I didn't know I was going to be around you. And um, even I think the the founder of, or one of the main developers of Perpetua was there. So we had some oh, great yeah. conversations going um, and super excited. We got this opportunity to chat. Yeah, no, um, there were like just the people that were sitting around me. I was like, all of them pretty solid guys. I, there's another that I'm going to reach out to. There's plenty of women there as well. They just weren't on my table. <laughs> fair, fair, uh, which is rare for any e-com, like e-com event, to be honest. So, yeah, um, no, it was a great time. And, you know, we started talking about uh, Smart Scout and then we just started talking about Marknology and what I'm trying to do. And it kind of just evolved into this conversation around data and, um, you know, a little bit, a lot of what Smart Scout does is data. But like, you know, talking about my goals, we just kind of had this great conversation. It was loud. and. Um, looking for the opportunity today to hash some of that out. Like I like to yeah. give real life examples yeah. of, of how we use that stuff. So um, I've been in the agency business for a bit. Um, I really don't spend any time in it anymore, but um, I hear about uh, some of the things that's really tricky is like, you know, in an agency, sometimes you're only as good as your last 30 days of work uh, or like what they see you doing now. You know, because they're they can make a decision to to leave or whatever. Right. And so, one of the best ways to give them that feeling of like uh, that they're taken care of is uh, reports. You know, uh, updates of how things are going. Um, you've been doing this for a while. Um, what's your take on that? Is, am I right? That like, that's a, a, a fair assessment of what it's like uh, to have uh, clients um, and what type of, uh, you know, data, you know, really helps uh, people understand what's happening on Amazon. Well, one, I would say, Scott, like you're, you're absolutely right. Um, there's, I'm always looking at all the ways I can make clients feel warm and fuzzy. You know, it's, it's regular account calls. It's not handing them off all the time. It's, um, you know, lots of touch points, high touch, we're high touch and it can be a lot of work. Well, one of the ways, like one of the things I hated doing in corporate America was all the time I spilled, spent building reports to then talk about what I did, you know? So it was like, why am I spending all this time to build a report just about what I did or how things are going? So for years, honestly, I've been waiting for softwares like Smart Scout and others to come out to help me gather this type of data that I've known existed on Amazon um, and, and how to use it. Like we're a service-based agency. So 
you know, we, we use a lot of software. Um, I'm, I'm not developing software. So, but I've tried, I actually was using like Tableau, um, and CSVs back in the day, trying to create my own reporting. And I had a map and a geographic, geographically not a bad entry point. You can create some really awesome stuff in that it's, um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I had zip codes. I had it mapped, you know, customers mapped to things like that. I had like I, I was doing my best, but a lot of like even the data wasn't turned on yet to, to an extent. Um, and I just didn't have enough expertise or time to really make that really flow. A lot of it was still manual. I had to upload a couple of CSVs to each Tableau report to get it to look really fancy. Um, trashed that. that. That's actually an interesting idea. I mean, uh Regarding, you said something about zip codes and I, my imagination got wandering of like, you know, would some brands be regional or enough that like it would be worth looking into that data? Well, listen, let's talk about that for a second because you're going to get me, you're going to get light bulb moments to Amazon experts here. But like, um, so when you really start thinking big picture about a brand and growing it, like uh, it's going kind of in opposite directions now than maybe where it went in the past where brands are launching digitally first or pursuing like teaching or treating Amazon like a, a market test platform. And then after a year or two years of selling, imagine being able to take those zip codes. Like let's say you sell a lot in California or some of these highly populated zip codes. And then you're able to go to the retailer in that, in that vicinity and be like, look, I've already sold 5,000 orders to customers in your in in the zip code in the next you know few areas around you like i think it'd be a fantastic fit for us to be in your retail store or your grocery store or whatever that case might be and instead using like um digital data to then sell retail um right. it's it's a fun way that i know of brands brands are using this and utilizing this right now um on top of you know there's some data that i don't even i have to ignore in some instances because i don't know exactly what to do with it but it's like understanding um what fulfillment centers your your products are in in FBA because you know if someone's searching from make up an example like North Carolina they might see that you know a product is not necessarily out of stock but longer shipping or they cannot see the yeah. visibility Amazon will choose to show competitors products over yours in that region if they have those competitor products in FBA and you're not versus in other regions you're showing up because you know you're stocked in that fulfillment center that's happening all the time whether yeah. people know it or not and um, um, you're you're totally right about like uh, some data just like isn't as relevant. I've got some examples. Were you about to? I was just saying like the, the difference in if you were tracking the zip codes, you might you might give you an alert to a problem of like these. We don't have enough product in these fulfillment centers. We might need to solve for this differently um, because we're not getting enough orders there. What's going on? Oh, because, you know, if I search for Missouri, I'm going to get maybe I, I ping to Chicago or something, a bigger city like that as far as like my actual um spot but like it's going to search this region at least in the midwest right where i'm not getting the same search results as some of my clients in in miami or some of my clients in new york that might be searching and, and, and instead of being on spot on page one maybe i'm on page two and it's like you're, you're wondering why those things are happening well there's data behind the scenes i can kind of tell you that and zip codes is part of it but there's sometimes like you i come across data i'm like this isn't this is interesting i can't do anything with it Yep. And I'm guilty of it. I know we've actually built a few columns in a smart scout. I was like, there's something here, but I don't know how to use it. Like, for example, um, 
you know, when we were looking at the subcategory analysis of like, you know, the average price of a product in, a, in one category versus another, like, it's interesting. Like, yeah, that's, that's true. You know, uh, pickleball paddles cost more than the balls itself, you know, like yeah. when you're in different, like different categories, but like, can I do something with that? And like, I have to make that decision all the time when I'm like, uh, presenting data to others, like what to actually show them. What should I they know, focus on? <laughs> I know I won, you know, in my, in my reselling days, I won a brand. Um, actually I didn't like the, the data that I was showing them was interesting. Um, but long-term we didn't end up using it at all, but having data, um, built trust into yep. you know the relationship they're like okay this guy is data focused so um that right there says something you know data like even though it's like not useful it's better than nothing because you know it shows an analytical mind an analytical perspective uh to help someone you know uh, and you know these digitally native brands like that's the way that they think i would say that like at the beginning so i've been i've been doing this for 10 years I would say at the beginning, it was very data driven, my conversations. Now they're around more branding and story than ever before. And we still use data and story. But at the beginning, it was look at the potential profits here. Look at the potential margins here. Look at the number of keywords people are searching for your brand. Look at the, the volume people are searching for your brand. I was using data to convince people about selling on Amazon. Right. And now I don't have to do any convincing uh, anymore. But in those early days, I was using data to show um, potential on Amazon and, and I was using it to sell. Okay, well, we'll jump into story in a second, but like what data are you presenting to clients? Yeah, so, um, you know, for us, it's been, I. what are the KPIs I think are important on both sides? So there's an advertising API, right? And then there's just like uh, the, the regular API to the store, like returns and promotions and coupons. So kind of two separate things. So we treat it like that and we have a, you know, five or six page um, advertising report that goes out regular to our clients. So on top of them having an account manager that they talk to, there's a kind of like KPIs getting kicked out. That's like tacos, ACOS, top ASINs, bottom ASINs, top keywords, bottom keywords, uh, ranking, um, uh, improvement over time, like just anything that I think is important kind of on the sheet. The same thing kind of goes for um, our operational report, where it's top sell, top ASINs, bottom ASINs, out of stock SKUs or ASINs, like they might already know this, but it's also in one spot where all your KPIs are right there. It's not like I need to go to this tab, this tab, this tab, cross-reference these Excels um, to get my KPIs. As well, all these brands focus on different things. I say brands because I work primarily with brands, like I'm working with the marketing director on the other side or a, right marketing assistant or something like that. It's not always the CEO, you know? So what do they have to build reports to their bosses? Do they need to show reports? Do they like in those, if they might not know everything because they're getting up to speed, the report helps us bridge that conversation, right? Like having a visual thing in front of them to go into their meeting with their boss or different things and be like, these are the areas we're improving. Look, return rate went down 8% or other things like that, that like branding and story help improve outside of top line sales. Yep. And if, if the audience is listening, like one thing I've really learned a lot about, I've done a lot of demos and a lot of different softwares out there. There's a lot of software that are actually one P only. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, and they're different than what we would see on the three P side. 
they're very expensive. Uh, and what it teaches me though, is how important it is when working with a brand, um, showing interesting and good reports, making them attractive. Uh, and this is, you know, when you're, when you're talking with brands and, and looking at them, like that's almost as important as anything else is that it, uh, you know, it's, it's designed. It shows by, where your thinking is, right? Yeah, it shows and, where your uh, thought leadership is. Or, um, or you're giving this to a marketing manager who's giving it to the CEO. Exactly. And, um, and, and sometimes like that is like one of the most valuable things that you're offering is that. It can make you stand above the rest, right? Yeah, and 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 like there's, you know, think like you know, top brands uh, in the U.S. The amount of money that they are spending on to get some of this data to build out their story from that perspective. So um, for us, it's like, what are all the things that matter outside of top line sales? And like, the boss might just be looking at top line sales, but we might need to work for three months, four months of an investment stage with a brand that's in bad shape before we even get to a point where top line sales matter. So how do we track that the last four months have even been worthwhile, right? If we're like improving SEO and changing ranking and changing advertising strategy and all these things, and maybe ACOS is out of whack. And, you know, so you don't really have anything to go off of, let's say in this example, if you're just looking at top line sales as a metric, like, are we improving or not? Right. But what we could be looking at is, is conversion rate and did it conversion rate improve and ad spend went down because of that? Or did our return rate go down? Those are all ways that like we're getting more optimized and getting more profitable and ultimately making the Amazon algorithm hum. Um, and so some of those are ways that we're storytelling what we're working on and what results we should be seeing. I'm doing these things yeah. to make this result change is what we should expect. Um, so uh, you, you mentioned that like, uh, story is kind of at the core of everything you're doing. Um, Amazon, you know, we, you, we say you started out in data land and now we're in story land. What's the story that uh, resonates? Well, at first it was like, I didn't have all the knowledge that I have now. So I came in with just like being able to set up products, being able to track keywords and be able to run ads really, really well when they first came out. And so all I had was data, um, but I started working with different brands that had better assets. So before I was creating assets and, and encouraging brands to do that, sometimes I would just work with a brand that had great assets. And I started realizing the brands that were doing a good job with photography, let's say for example, all of a sudden my listings in the same work I was doing did way better. And so I was like, okay, well, that matters, right? So started digging in more there. And there's obviously different levels to that. Even with great assets, most of them can be improved just for Amazon. So it started being like, okay, um, you know, in the early days, it was reviews, giveaways, super URLs, maybe like um, just getting the product up in general was what made stuff sell. It's evolved, 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 evolved. Um, people didn't even believe in SEO when I started like in the Facebook groups or like the clients I had or Upwork, it was a matter of opinion and debate, whether, yeah. whether keywords even mattered. Um, for me, I have a computer science background and degree. Like that's just what the world I come out of. So like data mattered more to me from the beginning than maybe mm -hmm. even I could preach, so to speak. Um, but it was, you know, and a lot of times people who talk about getting stuck in the weeds, like, you know, some people will like their keyword rank will drop and they're just freaking out and panicking. Well, with 10 years of experience, this stuff comes and goes. Amazon does cleanups. That's like the type of information or data I'm talking about this, like 
that's a concern, but it's nothing that we should like be obsessed with right now. It will bounce back. Whatever Amazon's doing will clean up, you know, like a lot of those like um, private label guys, or that's where I started, right. Or, or freelancers um, are so obsessed with that short term because they just haven't done it long enough to know that like Amazon is, isn't going anywhere. Amazon's cleaning up their catalog all the time. These kinds of things happen behind the scenes. Sure. You can track that data, but it doesn't have a lot of value. And so for me, it was, um, we've worked with over 300 brands since I started. And what I found out was that all these brands care about different stuff and they don't know what to care about on Amazon because they're hearing this, they're hearing that they did this on Facebook. They did this on the web, the retail manager saying this, what do we focus on? And, um, for me, it was, if I can try to help communicate better, what I, what I think matters as someone has done this a long time, speak their language with report building with KPIs, like that's the corporate America and that's who my clients are and explain to them what they need to explain in their world, not entrepreneur world. It bridges this gap of story and, and people can, people can share a complicated subject in a story in a way that anyone can get it um, way easier than like maybe explaining some of the advanced complicated things of the Amazon algorithm can be explained. Right. And so it's like, look with, with images, um, you know, PicFu is a, uh, give them a shout out, like PicFu.com oh, yeah. yeah, is one that essentially using data and story. Right. Um, they're an amazing, I love anytime they get a chance to speak or like share their stuff. It's like, this is right. Oh, up my it's the, yeah, no, I actually had them on the podcast about three or four months ago and you know, they have so many different applications. Right. And so that was like, those were the things we were doing. We were like, try this photo, try this photo, try this A plus, try this A plus. I was trying the ones, um, the AB testing software, which never really worked that well, but it was out um, where it was like flipping out your images and trying different things um, and started realizing, okay, this invention, why didn't it work? Honestly, the reason I've gone into stories so hard is failing over and over and over. Um, we've had a lot of success stories. Don't get me wrong, but it was, it was an invention that I couldn't get selling, even though it was cool. It was a, a product that, you know, everything else looks great. Why isn't it selling? Um, the brand doesn't have the ability to do this or that the value isn't being communicated well enough. That's typically the thing. And so, um, the value not being communicated, if you're selling a higher end product, like what really has to happen on the Amazon platform is you need to effectively on a product page, tell people why they should pay more for this item than the other items. And that's where that storytelling part comes in. Like, as if you are the watchmaker yourself sitting in the room next to me, tell this yep. customer why your watch is the best of all time. That's and right. like, you know, and all of us can think of that person that sold us on something that after you hear them sell it, you're just like, okay, I'm sold. Like, and you're like, if that person could tell that story or why they should have that product to every single person, we would all buy it. But obviously you can't. And so trying to take that storytelling element that we've all heard where we're like hooked and we're like, oh my God, I want that into a commercial like business principle of like, how do we do this on a page? How do we do this on an Amazon page? And um, yeah, I don't know if any of that made sense, but that's kind of no, my no, thinking no. behind I, it. I, I totally buy in like, I mean, uh, small things matter and, you know, uh, they, they really grow and they build and, you know, a story is a lot of many different things. And I mean, I think, you know, pictures really are in some ways your story. If you can tell your story through those, even better. Um, and like data is honestly the reason 
um, I stopped moving. I moved away from the reseller and wholesaler and, and those kinds of working engagements when I first started out was because I wanted more data. That was, that was the main driving force was like, I don't want to share the buy box with anyone. I want to get all the ad data. I want to get all the customer data. Yeah. I, I want to be yeah. able to like, in those days we were like, Amazon, hope you're not listening. Well, like, you know, I was using like MBS or some of those softwares like that, where we were gathering customer information and retargeting them on Facebook or sending them mailers in the mail or like, because you could get customers names and addresses um, using was, some of that software. It wasn't a long ago that they kind of stopped that. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. And now it's just like a little bit less information. Um, but I was gathering that data. And so in my mind during that time, it was like, why would we share this data with 10 other sellers? Like, this is right. gold. That's how I felt yeah. about it. Like, this is, I'm getting keyword data. This is massive. Like, interesting. Um, well, but like, um, one of the things about, you know, the brand uh, has uh, leverage or, you know, that is part of what they can do on Amazon. You know, we were jamming. Uh, you had some interesting perspectives on brand registry and how to utilize that uh, into, uh, you know, making a brand actually feel like a brand on Amazon. Yeah. So I've actually like I think I was sharing like I've got a little bit more open mind about this than I used to in my young days, like on Amazon. Like I was just, you know, pioneering, trailing, blazing trails and <clears throat> so adamant because you had so many people against what you were doing that you just get kind of hard headed. But as I've like learned and worked with more and more and more examples, um, we have a brand I'm working with right now and we got hired. We got engaged with them. They have a they have a brand manager internally. She was just overwhelmed and needed an, an expert agency to come in and help extra hands. Um, they have their own seller central, their own brand registry. They are not selling um, direct themselves and have no intention to. They have two resellers that are like authorized resellers to sell. We've arranged agreements with them. I think some people in the reseller will call it like brand direct or direct to brand or something like that. Um, basically, those agreements in place with those resellers, they commit to a certain amount of advertising and brand protection for us, like bidding on the branded. We need that. We need that done. So we insist that they advertise on our branded keywords. So our competitors aren't popping up there. Right. Um, so we're engaged with a brand where we improve all their images, their SEO, their A plus pages, the storefront the distributors win because we're making all of their pages way better, which leads yeah. to better conversion, right? Um, they're not even having to pay for the agency. Um, so that's like a new model that um, I probably have three or four relationships like that. And I, and I would have never had those in the past because I probably would have insisted um, on getting rid of resellers yep. and things like that. I, uh, uh, so my reselling company, Buyboxer, actually is, we have a few ways that we're positioned to just like that. Buyboxer is a reseller. And we decided to take all the Amazon professionals out of it. Those that like are like marketing experts. And so when we get a brand um, that when we went with Buyboxer, if they want these marketing services, they actually use the agency uh, to do that. And um, then uh, then uh, Buyboxer actually profit shares with that agency. Okay. So, you know, it is, it's just more, it's a more attractive, uh, it's a, it's a three-way relationship. It's kind of like, strange sometimes we, we we give a unified front we're just by boxer but like really um we treat them like uh each of them have to be have to hold their own yep. you know a reseller has to do the logistics you know uh uh the, the stuff on amazon they hold the inventory risk but they don't have to have 
all the marketing capabilities. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. So and we're very much like a fractional team for a lot, yeah. like at our level. Like, yeah. I say that just because agencies, we all are selling to different customers. Like we compete for some of the same and some of it's just different. You just not every brand out there wants the same arrangement with an agency. No, some totally. Consignment, somewhat profit sharing, somewhat flat retainer, somewhat, you know, yep. short contracts, somewhat long contract. There's all types of stuff out there. Some of the agencies, um, you know, the brands we're working with, uh, a lot of them are like, I want a one-stop shop. So we're kind of that fit for them. Um, they they didn't know anything. A lot of them are 1P going to 3P. So they have no real idea in selling on a direct customer level, like one-to-one. They sell to box retail stores. And so we're having to handhold. And so for them to go out there and get a great photographer for Amazon or a great videographer for Amazon or a great SEO writer, that's almost impossible. So we come in almost as like, you could go out there and try to hire this person. Maybe someone really good at Amazon is, I mean, the salaries are getting crazy right now, but like, let's say you get someone great for 70 or 80 K in a middle market. Um, Marknology still pretty much comes in cheaper than that. And you get access to our full team of resources. So really tried to position ourselves as like um, part of the brands that we work with. We're one of their like fractional, we're their fractional team. But with like Amazon uh, knowledge, now, now leaning back into brand registry, there's more like there's more missiles you can fire off. There's uh, more you can do as someone that spends probably more time in that than I do. I'm interested to hear, you know, has it changed? Is it uh, uh, or is there pushback? Are brands abusing it? Uh, both, that- a, a little of both, I would say, like, you know, there's. We used to have like duplicate ASIN. You could do duplicate ASIN merges pretty quick through brand registry. Like if, if a brand was all out of whack and had like eight different listings for the same product, you know, let's get them combined and combine all those reviews. And those were some reseller tactics. Uh, I know all those because I did all those in the beginning. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> Now I just, you know, kind of advise against them. Sometimes the best way to do it um, is to learn the other side first. Um, you know, a lot of people go into that type of law and then are like, I hated that. I want to go into something else. For me, it's always been about more data, more data, more data, more data. There's no more yeah. data than if you're the manufacturer selling directly on Amazon, keep running it all yourself. You're getting all of it from logistics to, you know, that's the, that's the most, that's the way to get the most data, let's say. Um, but with brand, you know, I, I think, Sometimes I have a hard time answering questions like this because there's honestly so much you can do. You know, we were talking about a brand can get another like a reseller in trouble by not having an insert. Maybe they have an insert. It's a different product. Um, Buying that product and reporting it to Amazon. Some of it's like uh, unique serial codes. Like I'm I'm talking to a product right now. It's kind of a higher end product. They put a unique serial code on each item. So if it gets resold, there's a registry on their, on their website. It's just like a unique proposition where people can go in there and see if their item has been sold or new or whatever the case, kind of their own transparency uh, program of sorts. Um, there's like, you know, a big one with the resellers, whenever I'm coming in and there's resellers with a brand and they're asking me kind of like to give them a roadmap. My biggest thing is, um, is anyone covering those branded terms, right? Like the, the, the term that someone's coming off Facebook or the website, they know of you and they're typing it into Amazon. Is it a competitor coming up instead of you? That's really, really important. Um, what are you, can I, I I'm actually, uh, we're building an advertising uh, keyword tool in the smart scout. Um, what do you use to see if it's a measure if someone's using like if someone's uh, if a brand is 
defending its own. I do a lot of manual searching. Um, I do a lot of manual searching. I get in there, I search all the different variations of the name. Uh, In the same way, it can be used for brand protection. It can be an offensive weapon. Okay, so on the advertising side, if you're a brand and you have main competitors and they're not advertising on their branded terms, go after them, right? Go after that space, take it, it's a low hanging fruit. Um, So some of those manual searches around advertising is great, like Smart Scout, for example, talking about data, I'll give you a plug. Um, (laughs) But I'm excited to get in there for all of the like, it's it's comparison or like frequently bought with feature, um, I think is going to be amazing when it comes to advertising and being able to just kind of move into those kinds of things. But as much as, you know, there's automation, those, you still need that manual human, I think. um, Oh yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we're not, we're not talking about like replacing humans, but like, but, but empowering them, if anything. And, um, yeah, that's, uh, uh, I, I like you're doing the manual searches yourself to see an opportunity and uh, but you can use tools to like make that faster or make it more thorough or give you like context. Um, uh, and like what I'm working on right now is if someone searches a term like say like Red Bull um, as you're looking at the brand Red Bull and say they're your competitor, you can see everywhere that they're advertising and winning on um, uh, their just any any search terms across the board, like whether it's like a branded or a non-branded and see where they're investing and where maybe they're not. Like a weight of voice kind of feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, but um, uh, a little bit more about like we're showing win rates. Like, hey, here's how often they're winning in the last 30 days. You know, they're winning the top spot 80% of the time. And uh, I, I just think there's something valuable to in that. I've seen a lot of share of voice that is uh, a few tools have that, but sometimes it's a little bit like you have to kind of create a segment and you can, it's, it's very like stat, uh, it, it's reactionary to you. Yeah. Whereas if I want to create it, so it's just like always available for every brand. And uh, yeah, so uh, I think we're on, we're on the same page and, and hopefully, you know, I built something interesting in that. No, I, I love it. And, uh, you know, I was honestly trying to answer for a client that new that new um, data metric that Amazon put out, which is like um, top of search percentage, I think. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. Right. And she's like, well, what's a good percentage? I'm like, I don't actually know. I think it's subjective, uh, you know, but it's a, it's an insight into are we winning all the time? Are we winning 5% of the time? Are we winning 30% of the time? Like how often are we at the top of the page? And you should have some that are, we're okay being here. And then yeah. some that you're like, we need to dominate this. Yeah, yeah. No, and then it comes down to like, well, if you're not winning, say you're only winning 20% of the time, who else is winning? Mm-hmm. And uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, we make some breakthroughs there. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of uh, impressed how often you turn back to data <laughs> as, um, as your way of thinking, as your way of like telling stories to brands, as, way, as your way of like uh, assisting a brand to uh, grow, uh, you know, uh, and succeed on Amazon. And I mean, we, we, we could spend uh, certainly more time, uh, but that's just a, an interesting thing where like, you know, you take uh, data and story, things that seemingly are on opposite ends and how uh, hand in hand they, they are. 
Um, like I want to, before we sign off, I'll, I'll share one like real life example of how to apply this, like um, working with a brand, we're focused on a specific set of products. Um, our main keywords that we're using in the title, it's like the exact description. It's not a stretch. It's an exact description of what we're selling. Um, like, let's say it's like Yeti microphone, but not the brand, right? Like, it's just so clear what we're selling um, that, and it's not converting. Okay. So what that says to me is my price points off, which you can still sell premium products. So maybe we are higher price. That's not the only thing to adjust. Let's say we're not even changing price. So my ads are running correctly. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm going after my main keywords. I should be converting. I'm not going to adjust my price point because we're a premium price is where we need to be. We're a premium product. My storytelling's off, right? It's like a, it's one or the other. And sometimes it's your ad. Sometimes it's price point. Sometimes it's storytelling, but I'm not doing a good enough job of conveying to the customer the value they're getting by buying this set of products or this microphone. Yeah. And so that's why to me, they're so intertwined. Yeah. Um, and you start getting advertising with custom creative and you're blending the lines. Like, you know, you've got an ad that's storytelling or a storefront that's storytelling. And now we're running ads, which is collecting data, but is my story doing well? Um, those are all the things I'm thinking about and obsessed with uh, because it's ultimately what leads to like insane conversion rates. Like, uh, you know, we had a listing in a brand that I launched it and three years later, I mean, I'm talking like only 2000 ads a month, like nothing. Um, from launch to three three years in, it wasn't a fluke. Like we were at 46, 47% conversion rate the whole time. Um, that was a home run. We nailed that one on the head, right? It was a one product skew. Um, but how do I do that again? What yeah. did we get right that time? What was the perfect blend of story and the keywords um, that we weren't driving in traffic that shouldn't be there? Um, we did a good job of convincing them why they should pay a little bit more. Uh, than the competition. We were actually higher priced than everyone. Um, those are the things that get me, that keep me up at night in a good yeah. way, just trying to figure out how to replicate that and what went, what went right and, and how to do it again. Awesome. No, no, I, I, I love that. So, uh, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for, for talking. Um, Marknology is your agency. You also have a, a podcast talking with uh, entrepreneurs. Um, Startup Hustle. I'm going to have Scott on the show. Oh, uh, shoot. Soon we'll have to talk about that. Maybe we can pick up some of this conversation part yeah, two. Yeah. Uh, we're going to uh, dig into Smart Scout. So that's, we're going to That's going to be the part two where I am on the receiving end of the questions. <laughs> Correct. Um, so, and then um, if people just like wanted to reach out to you and what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? So I'm on LinkedIn. Um, personally, I, Andrew Morgan's like not as marketology, like Instagram. Uh, you just want to chat, talk Amazon stuff. Like you want to do business, find me on LinkedIn or Andrew at marketology.com or www.marketology.com. My name's not Mark. So if you start off with, Hey, Mark, I'm probably going to push down the email list two weeks. My name's Drew. <laughs> Call me Drew. Marknology, just uh, a made up name, mixture of marketing and technology. I feel like e-commerce is in the middle. I, that's just a funny joke. It's, because it's, it's a lot actually of a really, think I, I think it's mark. a pretty solid name, but it does make you think that like, okay, I've actually stopped myself a few times. I'm like, but I, I don't think I've called you Mark yet. No, it's uh, more of a laughing thing than like a serious offended thing. I just right, like, right. Uh, to anybody out there, I would love to connect. I love connecting with people, especially people in our space. We're such yep. a small community, um, like meeting anybody. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned for next episodes. 
And I hope that your Q4 is going as well as possible. All right, take care. One, two, three.